The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Giving It Up For Less, a podcast about oversharing. How's everybody doing? How are you feeling? I hope it's well. Could not be more excited about today's episode, and I know that you are too, because it is none other than someone you may know from a little show called Superstore. It is the Sandra to my Dina, everybody's favorite, Kaliko Kawahi. Hi. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to give like a chunk of content where I'm not going to be mean to you. <laughs> Just to reassure people that it's a television show. That it's all an act. That it's all an act. You are delightful. (laughs) Bless. I adore you. Yeah, it's great. I adore you. No, this is great. And listen, I I know that there's a, you know, obviously they're in the superstore fandom world. They are crying out for content. You know what I mean? They keep telling me, when are you going to do, have another live with Lauren, whatever. So here we go. We're just, we're wrapping up a little box and we're just going to give a gift. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All the holidays. All the holidays. We got to celebrate while we can. We don't know. We don't know what tomorrow brings. Do you know what my mother said to me on the phone yesterday? She said, I know the government is going to get this wrapped up because they don't want to mess up Christmas. She really believes that. (laughs) She thinks that the government has a vested interest in making Christmas come. Like, what? I mean, if that's not Christmas spirit, I don't know what is. I don't know what is either. You got to believe. And I do. And you know what? You're right. Maybe, maybe, and maybe that, maybe I should hear what she's saying, which is that for her, she has to believe that they'll get this wrapped up by Christmas. But I'm like, I don't know whether they're, they're that invested in, uh, in that holiday, mom. I, I don't know. I'm not going to take it away from her. I'm going to let her have it. She needs to hold on to that. It's okay. Yeah. Listen, we all choose our, our one thing. You know what I mean? We all choose like, there's, uh, there's things I'm hanging on to that I'm like, that's it. Really? Huh. Doesn't matter. You know what it is for me, what it's become for me, uh, for, for Spencer and I, my boyfriend and I, it's uh, it's driving to, to the Starbucks drive through once a day. This is basically the only thing we do in the world. And it's like, I like it. I like that I get in the car. I'm like a dog. You know what I mean? I'm getting a drive. <laughs> we get them now. We get them more than we ever have. Oh. Like, oh, this is why you're so excited to leave, to go for a, a walk. I'm like, oh, I see. You know what? You're right. Maybe this was all orchestrated by the dogs just to get some respect. You know, they're like, now you get it, guys. I don't put it past Fox because he is a mastermind. Very smart. Uh, And (laughs) intensely moody. Uh, For listeners who don't know, my dog Fox is adorable. uh, But one of the most uh, bullheaded, emotionally abusive, just princes that exists. And he he has gotten to the point now where he's at. He, normally back in the day, it's like he maybe go asked to go out two, three times a day. Now he's asking 25 times a day. And why? Because he knows we'll do it. Yeah. Like what? I'm going to try and like train him to not go outside now. Like whatever, man. There you go. Go for had, a walk. I had big plans about training my dog even more during this quarantine. She's just going to be at my side and listen to commands. Like, I have done none of that. I catered to her. This is a mess. Constantly. <laughs> are, you, are you okay? Are you hot? Do you want a snack? Like, what are you doing? Like, man. Oh, yeah. They're loving this. So my other dog, Peaches, who is uh, elderly and, you know, was was so 
badly treated, unfortunately, before she came into my life. Um, she came into my life when she was around nine. So like, again, got a lot of baggage there. Took a year and a half, but I toilet trained her. That's the one good thing to come out of this for me. But it wasn't through any sort of effort. It was just for some reason it clicked for her one day during quarantine. And I was like, well, if nothing else, at least she isn't going to pee in the house anymore. But anyway, when it's time to go to bed, I'll say to them, they'll be on the couch inevitably. And I'll say, all right, it's time to go to bed. Peaches gets up immediately. She runs. She goes into the bedroom. Fox will not move. And he knows what it means. He knows what it means. But he insists on being carried. <laughs> insists. Oh, he's dramatic. I adore I, him. But he's, I adore he's him too. Oh. just the most, again, just the, the most cat-like dog. Mental warfare all the time. But yeah, yeah, to your original point, yeah, I could I could literally see him being like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, this is what mm, she gets. Mm, yeah. yeah. What a guy. Bless. What a guy. But your dog, how long have you had your dog now? About a year? A year. Wow. And she, it's changed your life, obviously. It absolutely has. You told me that and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, sure. I mean, this is like... For me, like my Christmas is whenever I hear anybody utter the words, I'm thinking of adopting a dog. And I'm like, what? Like, Did you say, what? I turned to my head and you already had pulled up your phone <laughs> and you had like a catalog of available dogs. And I was, I was like, like oh, what you looking oh. for? What, what size are you looking for? What yeah. breed? Any age? <laughs> scanning through. I was like, oh, uh, wow. Okay. At the ready. <laughs> There's nothing I love more. I really, it is my favorite thing. And then, but then I also like catch myself doing exactly what you're saying. So then I also don't want to come on too strong. So I try and play it cool. Like, listen, no problem. Like, no, no pressure, no problem, no whatever. But like, if you are looking, like I'll look onto my networks. <laughs> and then you'll, you'll pull back, but then there'll just be like a random text. Like, Hey, look at, <laughs> look at Kevin. Here's Kevin. Just, I'm like, Oh, thank you. And they'll just be like once a week, just like a, Hey, saw him, yeah. thought of you. <laughs> again and like like no no kind of no no direction no whatever yeah. just like here's some information what you do with it is your choice yes, yes. oh Very my generous. god yes no you've you've nailed me to a t it's <laughs> so true but i was so excited that you that you adopted her i mean i feel like it's such a hard decision we talked about this at length but if you haven't had a dog in your life, it's difficult, or, or even if you have in your life, it, it's difficult as an adult to go like, I'm going to pull the trigger and do this thing. It feels like a lot of responsibility and, and like, uh, what do you mean I'm going to have to care for this living thing and not mess it up? But it, I feel like it sorts itself out. It does. It, it was, and I took it very seriously and I didn't, yeah. I didn't do it until I thought I was ready and I could provide for her and uh, be responsible enough. And it was just in the beginning, it was challenging to make that adjustment. Yeah. But looking back, I'm like, what, what adjustment? This is, this is what we do now. We just, we hang out at home. Yeah. Go for a walk. It's, it's fine. She's it's the new, it's the new normal, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember my life before Fox. Like I don't remember not having the dog because yeah, I mean, it does add things onto your plate, but ultimately it's like, like you're saying, it's like, it's kind of just like, it just becomes part of the routine. I mean, Absolutely. now, like I want to just cloak myself in elderly chihuahuas and small dogs like i just want to be covered in them i love them so much and i've been going through this quarantine and listen i, I, I don't know if Spencer can hear me probably hopefully not but like every day i think about it every day i'm like i could take another <laughs> every day like we have the room we got the room they love the company <laughs> it's good for them what's one more what's two more <laughs> really at some point 
it does become that for me, especially because, and I know that you have a bigger dog, but for me, with the little ones, like Peaches is four pounds and she's old and she sleeps all day. And there's nothing I love more than like, I give you a soft bed. I give you square meals. You know what I mean? Like there's no effort required. It's literally just like housing her and bathing her. Essentially. Those are like the only things I kind of have to do. (laughs) Now, again, her, her potty training was a challenge, but there was, I do have to also say like, there was one time I went, this is before Peaches was in my life, but I was, I was traveling with my cat Sharky and Fox and I went into the vets because of going to Canada, you have to get like health certificates saying they're, you know, fit to travel. And the vet came in and just said to me, she's like, your animals are so well taken care of. And I burst into tears and I literally was like, it's the greatest compliment I ever could have gotten. Absolutely. Like, it, it, I was like, I guess this is how people feel about human children. I don't know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is the greatest compliment of my life. Like, I was like, this is amazing. That's it for me. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the very earnest, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see me. (laughs) Oh, God. But there's a pride that comes. And it, it it is odd that I feel like... I can, I can project that onto an animal, but do you find that? Do you feel like you take pride? Like if somebody's like, that's a beautiful dog. Do you feel like it's like you created that? <laughs> I, I, I basically have become my parents where like someone will compliment her. Like, Oh my God, look at her coat. I'm like, I don't got nothing to do with that. She came like that. I don't feed her anything special. She's probably like, God, why are you like this? And I'm like, I was born into this. I, oh you know, my God, I love that. Yeah. The self, the self deprecating, like, I can't take, I can't take credit for any of this. I mean, I am the Asian mom now, like that my mom is just like, Oh, like, Oh, she's so good. I'm like, yeah, she seems that way, but she's manipulative. She sits because she wants to control the situation. Yeah. They're like, she's lovely. I'm like, yeah. but I love her. I don't know why I do that. That's my mom. Listen, you know what? This is a therapy session that I'm willing to have, whatever you want. You're just going to get periodic texts that are just like, here's a thought. Could it be this? I don't know. Who knows? And, and then I don't Who hear knows? back from you. That was just, just yep. let me sit with it for like yep, a week. Just sit like. with it. And, then, and you know, you know, either, either you want to address it or you don't. That's up to you. It's your journey. It's not mine. Oh my God. What a laugh. I miss you. I miss work. I know. I know. It's just... It's too much. It's too much. And I know that you're so busy now doing it. You almost have to go back to work. Maybe Lauren, take a break. (laughs) Take a break from all of the things that you're doing right now. I'm going to tell you something. Thank you very much. I feel seen. It's true. The (laughs) first two months of this, I went too hard. Like I overcorrected. Do you know what I mean? Like I was just like, this is not a problem. We can make this happen. I'll do anything you want me to do. And the past couple weeks, I've been like, you know what? (laughs) I think I'm just going to gonna say no so i've been doing a lot less for the past couple weeks and i gotta tell you i feel fabulous i'm sleeping for the first time in my adult life through the night that's a first good for you and it just feels like as much as i fought the downtime not consciously like it's totally my own like psychosis my subconscious psychosis that like forces me to keep going um it's been nice it's been nice to have a couple weeks of just like I still do stuff like this once a week so I'm still feeling like I'm you know contributing to society (laughs) um but just giving myself a break like it's like you don't need to do a third Instagram live today for whatever company or you know organization or news outlet you know it's okay, Lauren. Yeah. I, I did the opposite because you know when it first we first all locked down and people were like, yeah, I'm going to get ripped. I'm going to bake bread. I was like, I had all these projects and shit. Like, I'm going to redo my garage. I was like, 
listen, I can tell that this is going to go on for a while. So I don't want to blow it in the beginning and then just be done. I'm just going to ease in too much. Now, <laughs> now that we're three months in, I got I to gotta wrap it up. You got, girl, you got to have a schedule. You've relaxed enough. You, you've adjusted. Yeah. Now, now we have to maybe, I don't know, maybe work out like. No one's saying get ripped, but you know, like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I've put on a cool 10 pounds um, that I don't know how that happened other than like, there has to be rules is what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't like about, I'm not promoting diets at all. I, I just started to realize that when you're eating, you know, consistently for 20 hours out of the day, <laughs> your body reacts. <laughs> So I'm not like limiting food or anything like that, but I am just trying to keep like, maybe just have a, a, a window of eating, you know, maybe just be a reasonable adult, maybe move. <laughs> Doesn't have to be every day, but maybe a couple times a week you, you move. But we, we do this and we did it at work too. We're like at work, uh, way back when we used to shoot, <sighs> we, like no rules applied. Like, like you, like, like every day I'm, you're going to have a cookie at lunch. Cause they yeah. have, I was like, girl, you didn't do that before like suddenly you have to have pie because they have or the, <laughs> we have a food truck got it we gotta get it someone someone got it rude not to i'm like rude you don't you don't need to you don't need a 10 a.m burrito you just don't you just don't because i bet you at 7 a.m you had another hot breakfast <laughs> yeah no i totally agree with you i there's something about like it took me i think three seasons before i started going if food is put out it doesn't mean you have to eat it like you have. And again, this isn't about vanity. This is about just like, stop, slow down. Like, what are you doing? Enough. It's okay. Enough. It's you're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah, no, it's so true. It's it's tough, though. It's tough when literally it's like like you're saying it's like, but this is my afternoon pie. I have this every day. They do that. This is my treat. And it's like the other four meals you've already eaten today weren't your treat. Like, come on, man. <laughs> it's hard to let go of that. Like, oh, it's here. We got to get it while we can't like. There'll be food tomorrow. It's there okay. Yeah. There yeah. will be. I also come from Canada where when you're shooting stuff in Canada, the stuff I shot anyway, it's like, oh, there's food. Eat it now. Cause there <laughs> might, <laughs> this might be it for the day. You don't know when you're going to get another chance. Like, but I have to remember that it's like, oh, we, we, the Hollywood machine takes too good of care of <laughs> those of us. I, I also notice. I don't know if, if we've ever discussed this, but there's also a phenomenon that happens on our set where if somebody in the main cast mention something about some sort of food somehow crafty always finds out about it and then it appears the next day and it's like wait a minute like why are there these specific you know whatever voodoo donuts or whatever and it's like well yesterday nico was overheard saying something about them so they got them and it's like this is you're enablers I, <laughs> you I create never, monsters they never, create the monsters i never knew how it happened like it was like magic yeah it's also microphones, probably. That, There's that. I always yeah. forget. We, we <laughs> often forget. That is another thing, too. It's like we're mic'd all the time. Our microphones are on us all the time. So they can feasibly hear us, you know, some would say all the time. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. Remember that? Wow. Yeah. Everything makes me sad these days. That's not true. <laughs> Just, sad's not the right word. Um, reminiscent. Yeah, sure. But, you know, we're here and that's great. There's always a theme for the episode. The theme for today's episode is best intentions. And I feel like you and I uh, probably I feel like share that 
uh, that part of our personalities where it's like you, you try hard to to do right. And there are times that you the harder that you try, it's just going to blow up in your face. Yep. And the story that I don't think I've told this on the podcast yet that happened recently was my boyfriend took the dogs out the back to, you know, walk around and whatever. Again, they're not supposed to go for super long walks. And it was 10 o'clock. It was late at night. They're going to walk out in the back. And uh, I don't let the dogs go out alone at night because of the fear of coyotes. And also, I'm going to say it, owls. You think an owl couldn't pull my four-pound dog off the ground? Get real. Get real. I'm no fool. Owls out there. If the owls are listening, I'm on to you. Let's know, just know that. But so Spencer comes back in and he goes, there's a bird sitting on the table out there. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean it's... And he's like, yeah, it's just sitting there. And I look at... I go outside and there's this a, a fluffy, what looked to be like an adult morning dove. I know that the people listening are going crazy right now because Dina is talking about birds. I get it. <laughs> and I get that it seems insane that Lauren Ash would know the ins and outs of the age and the breed of the bird, but it is what it is. Sometimes the lines blur. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm looking at this bird and it's sitting on my table. So somehow it's gotten onto the table, but it's it won't move and it won't fly. And I'm like, oh no, it's 10 o'clock at night. We, we then see one of the neighborhood cats in the backyard and we're chasing the cat away because I'm like, I cannot have this this bird get killed on my watch. Not happening. So I go back in and I get like a little saucer of water and some breadcrumbs and I take them out and the bird immediately like runs to the water, starts drinking the water and I threw some crumbs. It starts eating the crumbs. So I'm like, okay, this bird is clearly in peril of some kind because it's desperate to eat and drink and didn't seem that afraid of me. So then I'm going, well, what the hell do we do with this thing? Because it's walking. So it's not like it's like passed out with a broken arm, broken wing. Excuse me. I do know birds. Uh, I know anatomy. But I'm like, what do I do? So, of course, I turn to the Internet. I start Googling. I'm looking up wildlife, you know, rescues and, and different <laughs> animal, you know, uh, organizations. But it's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night and there's I've, I'm calling. I'm literally calling these numbers. Nobody's answering, obviously. And then I go, what do I do? Like, I don't feel like I should try and pick this bird up. Like, I don't feel like I should handle this bird for many reasons, including what if it is injured? So I'm like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a little box and we're going to put a like old t-shirt in it. And then I'm going to put it near the bird. And then the bird will have the option, much like me sending you a text message about a dog. The bird <laughs> will have the option to get into the box for safety or warmth if it needs to. I, this At this point, I'm like, this is the only thing I can even think to do, right? So we do this. We put the box out. The bird isn't going for it. Spencer's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I was like, okay. And I said, I'm just going to sit outside with it because I just didn't want to, I just didn't feel right leaving it to be like attacked and eaten by a cat. Right. So I sit down on the steps in my backyard and I'm very quiet and I'm very still. And the bird hops off the table and then walks. Like I was about six feet away, walks all the way until it gets right at my feet. Like it walk, it beelines right towards me. And then it's sitting at my feet and I look down at it and then it literally, it just turns its head and looks. And so I, as is human nature, I'm like, what's it looking at? I turn my head and it attacks me at the face. It what? flew so fast into my face. I ducked at the last second and it, it like I felt it in my hair. <gasps> like it literally, it swooped me with the intention of attacking. I'm not kidding. And I screamed and I was like, the bird's flying, the bird's flying. <laughs> Running the house, I like slammed the door. I'm like, it's fine, the bird's fine. But it was the fact, speaking of manipulative animals, it was the fact that this bird, I swear to you, 
literally did the like, hey, what's over there? Yeah. And as soon as I looked, it, it went in for the went in for the kill. Isn't that, that wild? Frightening part of it that I was like, oh, this is a move. This is a it was a move. It was a calculated move. Oh god. Anyway, so the follow-up to all of this is is that then I was like, okay, this bird is fine. It's shown me it can fly. I'm I'm over my rescuing at this point. Um, <laughs> and then we decided to do to have a night swim, as sometimes we do in my pool. And it stayed for about 45 mm. minutes sitting where it was. And then at one moment out of nowhere, it just flew and it, and it disappeared. And I, the only thing I can think is that it had flown into a window or something and it had like stunned itself. And that's why it had been sitting at that table for so long. And it was like waiting for like the headache to subside or something. I don't know. But the bottom line is this. It sent me a message, which was lady, leave me the fuck alone or I'm going <laughs> to fucking fly into your face. <laughs> like, I mean... It's like a it's like a animated movie where like it's coming over and you're thinking, oh, he's going to thank me. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect example of best intention, best intention. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and my friends will tell you, I don't love birds. I'm mm. going to say that. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite. Sure. And so back in my mind, I was like, I knew it. You know what? <laughs> that's, that's what they do. And you're it an animal intense. lover. Yeah. Like you care about creatures of the world like you're so big-hearted you know what? oh bless you I, but oh. yes best intentions i was like there's no way i can have this on my watch and then it was like to my own peril <laughs> to my own peril what a bird oh god yeah we don't need it we don't need it during quarantine we're trying to do the thing guys i'm doing my I, best I, I i fed that bird i watered that bird i gave it a shelter and what do i get in return <laughs> hey hey what's over there that Boom. was that was a warning shot too oh yeah right, like Missed oh, yeah. your head on purpose. Yeah. But, it, and it was literally like, I went like this and it was like, like, oh, like God. it went through my hair. Like if I hadn't ducked, I don't know. I, I could have seen that, that beak going into, going into my eye. Oh, God. <laughs> I've never been afraid of birds. And this is the thing is that now I'm starting to see you. I'm starting to see what you're putting down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you had a bad experience with a bird or they just, they just eke you out? I think it's just that the ones in the city Sure. especially are fearless and they get real close and yeah. it doesn't matter what you're doing. And where I'm from, I'm from Kauai. Uh, after a couple of hurricanes, we had like an explosion of wild chickens and anybody who's been there like in the past, like 15 years will tell you like they're everywhere. You oh, go to wow. the store, then you can open your door in the parking lot. They're there like, and they don't move. And I just was over it. I was like, yeah. I don't, you're not cute. And people, you see people, you know, tourists don't know and they're feeding them like, don't do it. <laughs> oh man, you're in for it. Cause then they won't leave you alone. I'm like, right. bad, bad. Oh um, man. I'm sure that would do it. That would do it for me too. Yeah. If you're having to wade through a, a field of chickens to get anywhere you need to go. Yeah. I, I think I probably have a low tolerance as well. Yeah. Just trying to, just trying to get my groceries guys. If we could just clear a path. That'd oh be amazing. my God. Yeah. Amazing. So best, best intentions. What is, what does best intentions mean to you? Did this, did this resonate with anything, any stories or anecdotes you have? I mean, the thing that came to mind for me was kind of, I mean, a long time ago uh, in middle school, I went to boarding school from the like seventh grade through 12th grade. I didn't know Uh, that. Yeah. I, I just, I guess it just doesn't come up. It was a school that was both for boarders and day students, but I live on a different island. And so this school was on Oahu where Honolulu and Waikiki is. So I lived there and I was, I was fine, ready to go. My first year there, we call it intermediate, like seventh and eighth grade is on a campus of its own. That's already 
that's not great. You know, sure. that you're just so isolated. It's just two grades. So you know how that dynamic goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being, it was early and I, in the year and I was there and just, you know, happy to be there and uh went in the lounge and there was a notebook on the pool table and I thought oh man someone forgot their notebook oh I should figure out whose it is and and return it to them they don't know it's here like completely innocent I go to the notebook I open it and inside I see like a girl's name but like artistically done like page after page and you know what that means like this this guy left this notebook here and he likes this girl it was just like really like graffitied and 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 I saw his name I figured out who it was it's his name and immediately I felt like oh my god I just violated this person's <laughs> privacy I'm that person I don't want to get involved and I I just thought if it was me I'd be mortified right so I saw it I was like oh god I closed it and I was like well now I can't bring it to him because then he'll know that I know that he likes her and I, I don't want I just don't want it I don't want to get involved of course I, I don't want to embarrass him and so I left it and then no one was around I was like great he'll probably figure it out and freak out and come back and get it so it'll all work out I'm just gonna leave it I leave later that night one of my friends uh summons me to go talk to people and I didn't really get it I was like what she's like just follow me and so I go I'm like okay I'm new. I follow her. We end up at the boys' dorm, which isn't very far, on the the lanai, and there are a, a bunch of girls, mostly eighth grade, um, sort of in an arc, you know, like waiting for me. <laughs> and and uh, there it's it's we're on the the patio, so there's like a railing, and the the one in the middle is sitting on the railing so that she could be a little bit. I thought so she could be up higher. Maybe she was tired. I don't know how long they've been waiting. Sure. I was so confused because I had already forgotten about it. The girl in the middle is the sister of the boy whose notebook I found. So this was a whole thing. They had all assembled and called me over and was like, oh, I heard you uh, saw my brother's notebook. Eh? What you doing looking at his notebook? And I was like, I, like, I was so thrown off. Like, yeah. oh, I, I, just, like, I found it, but I left it. And I, you know, he's like, you know, you shouldn't be looking at people's stuff. It was just very like I knew what this was. I'd seen the movie. You know what I mean? Like, of course, of course, I've seen the bad eighties movies. I was sure. like, oh, this is what this is. You all are here to intimidate me, and you know, and maybe you know, probably protect her brother, make sure that I wouldn't do anything. They don't know me. They don't know my character that I wouldn't do that. So I'm gonna give them that. But they also assume the worst. Right. It's mostly just like you better watch yourself. <laughs> So yeah, like don't tell anybody. And I was like, I won't. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, what they don't know is that like I have two older brothers. So like this, whatever you're doing here, this little show. Oh my god, <laughs> like it's nothing compared to what I grew up with. Like the the torment. And so I just remember, and that's this is so like me, especially at that age, like. If you, it was a zero tolerance policy. So you can't fight, you get kicked out. You know what I mean? I right. wasn't about to go anywhere. And it was, sure. it was like a, non, a non-event really that I was like, oh, okay. But once I understood what was happening, then I just settled in. Because then it just, you know, I was like, I'm not going to get mad. I know what you're doing. I, I felt hurt more than anything that they would assume the worst of me. But yeah. it's seventh and eighth grade. Like people are crazy at that time. Like hormones and stuff. Because oh. I know these people now and they are lovely. Of course. And, we all, and like, we even like, I had roommates with some of them like in high school, because that's just how the school goes. And they probably don't even remember it. But I remember standing there in front of them and like taking like three seconds 
to look at each girl <laughs> in the face. Like, just so that I remember, I'm like, I'm going to remember this moment and I'm going to remember you and you. Like, I was, they were talking, I didn't even hear them anymore. I just was like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Like, you're dead to me. Oh. Because it was just so dramatic. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I just, I'm just here to go to school, y'all. And then I was just trying to get to the mainland. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. this is just. <laughs> A this stop. is a means in the, to an end I, for you. Yeah, okay. Let's just wrap this now, up. Now, had you told somebody that you had found the notebook? Like, how did no. they even know? Apparently, the person who summoned me saw me. Like, I wasn't, it, the event didn't even take that long. Like, I literally saw it. was like, oh, shit, and closed it. Right. I was like, oh, but Not I guess mine. at that yeah. time, yeah, someone must have come into the lounge and seen me. I'd been like, oh, oh, I see her. Yeah. So I was just sort of like unaware of all of that. And then surprised by this planned meeting intimidation tactic. But looking back, it's a good lesson. Because yeah. I feel like institutions like school are good for education, but of all kinds. Like, yes, the, the, the book learning, but the other half is like the life learning. And I was like, okay, lesson learned, <laughs> boarding school, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> what else you got for me? Uh, yeah. But, oh my God. It's so true. And what an image too. Like I can oh. totally see why this is, this is like burned in your brain and like being led towards this like girl gang, yes. what, like the, 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 the big one, you know, lounging, leaning in the middle, like. And that's exactly what uh, it was because like, we've all seen the movie. So yeah. it perpetuates itself. Like, like you're doing what you imagine this scene should be like. So they just sort of formed an arc with one <laughs> at, the, at the pinnacle, like the main boss lady i was like this is you have no idea oh, whatever like, like so my life funny. before that yeah it was just but it's so it's such a long time ago but i always remember it and yeah if i had brought it up to them they would be mortified because they're they honestly are just great people and it's just at that time that like middle school time uh, God, oh it's yeah it's everyone rough. everyone loses it so everyone oh absolutely everyone loses it i experienced that too for sure I think that also, like, the, big, the the person I hope that does remember this is whoever ratted you out. Whoever the little <laughs> spy was. You know what I mean? I hope the little spy remembers leading you to the slaughter, a lamb to the slaughter, like, you know. Who I thought was my friend. And they could have come to me and been like, I saw yes. you. And, I, and this could have been cleared up. But again, nope. this is a dramatic time. Yeah. It, listen, we're in boarding school. We got nothing to do. They, like, had to create this scene. I was like, okay. I see. We're bored. We're gonna. I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, though. It's such like you're right. It is good life learning too. Like learning to pick your battles, learning the dynamic, learning that there are times in life when you will encounter people who are mimicking things they've seen in television and film as a way of of how they think they're supposed to handle these things. Like yeah. that is real. Like throughout your life, I feel like there's always times where I'm like, if someone confronts you and it's like, am I getting a speech that you've you're mimicking? Like, is that what this is? Because it feels familiar. It feels very familiar. <laughs> this feels very, you had me at hello. You know, it's very, yeah. It, it rarely turns out that way because you have it, this image in your mind of how, you know, like, like if say you were going to confront someone else about being wronged. Sure. Right. And then it just, it falls apart because you're not, it's a movie. It's television. Of course. <laughs> And in real life, it never goes as well. I've told this story on the podcast before, but but very quickly, I stood up to bullies once and I I went, I walked up and I was I was going to have my movie moment. And I was like, you think you're cool, but reality check, you're not. But when I went to go reality check and point at my temple, I was nervous and my finger went into my ear. 
I went reality check. Like it was the most, it had taken so much courage and also like being beaten down for so long by these bullies to actually go and stand up for myself. But I wish I hadn't. Right. Right. (laughs) It made it so much worse. And I guess that's the lesson, but Oh God, that moment again, etched. Etched. <laughs> I can tell you what I was wearing. I remember everything. I could tell you what the room looked like. I could tell you what it smelled like. I like I could tell you the whole scene. It's there trauma. was brick walls. We were in a school that was red brick. Like again, like yeah, yeah, they just they burn in there. It is such an interesting time in your life. Like you're right, hormonally, most kids are going through something during that time. It's really a time where you're getting more independence in life. Yeah. You know, whether it's like whatever, going to the mall or, you yeah. know, if you're living away from home, that right. is a level of independence. Yeah. Everyone thought they were like old. You know, we're all <laughs> mature. We're like 12 years old. But, you know, we're on our own. We know how to do our own laundry. Right. You know? Right. We're very mature. We're cool. My, my parents don't know what goes on. It's like we go to school and we go back to the dorm. But yeah. Nothing's going on. But, yeah. <laughs> And then the occasional confrontation. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now, so that was for middle school. Now, was high school affiliated with this same school? Yeah. Yeah. You just move to the upper campus and then you, you know, you get a little more freedom. Right. Boarding school, though. That's so interesting. I, I didn't, obviously. I think the only I went to summer camp a couple of times, like sleepaway camp. But yeah, that whole concept, my only knowledge of boarding school is from like TV and film. Right. That's You know what I mean? It's it's not. (laughs) I'm <laughs> just, just before we go any further, yeah. whatever the reference is, it's not uh, facts of life or right. dead poet society. <laughs> what it is, is before school, you got to wake up early and scrub toilets and make sure you finish in time to clean your room and get to breakfast to check in and then go to school. And yeah, that's really right. what it's like. Yeah. Right. People aren't standing on chairs. Oh, captain, no. my captain is not happening. No, get off that chair and go to the office. What are you doing? <laughs> I when's the last time you watched Dead Poets Society? Because there's a I've been rewatching old movies lately, or the, not that that's a super old movie, but like I don't know if it would hold up in every every <laughs> aspect. You know what doesn't hold up as good as it gets? Jack Nicholson, oh. who I want to remind you won an Oscar for this part. He is literally from the first frame of that film. He throws a dog down the garbage chute. He is racist. He is homophobic. He is misogynistic. But what you watch as we were watching this, it was like, there's no redemption. He doesn't go on a journey. Even when you think he's like, oh, he's coming around. He literally says, "Uh, you make me want to be a better man. And then the next breath is, I was thinking you could have sex with that gay guy to make him straight. Like, it's it's so, and I was like, we rewarded this with the biggest acting award in North America, like, what are we doing? And it, by the end of the film, again, like, it doesn't feel like there was much growth. And he was a character who has OCD. And I was saying to Spencer, I was like, the OCD would have been enough. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we didn't need to add on all of these layers. It, yeah, it didn't hold up for me. Didn't hold is up it, for me. Is it like the rest of us now accept you? Like, as you are? Was that how? I can't remember how, like, it the end. No, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> there was... It was so meandering for so long. And then it doesn't really feel like he's gone through any change. And then he's a 60 year old who's making out with a 35 year old Helen Hunt and, and it's over. So I don't know what. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. It just felt. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. <laughs> so that's been fun. We've been having a good time, like rewatching these classics inadvertently and then going like, oh, like this. <laughs> this doesn't really hold up. 
So I'm curious about Dead Poet Society. Maybe it does. Maybe it's maybe it's timeless. I'm gonna give it a give it a watch, a Me rewatch. Too. We're yeah. gonna reconvene about this. I'm gonna text go. you, and you don't have to respond. I'm just gonna float <laughs> it out there. There's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to shampoo and conditioner. I've personally always struggled to find a shampoo and conditioner that can help with my split ends without making the rest of my hair super greasy. Pros makes personalized shampoo and conditioners and has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz. That's how I got started. With their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determined a unique blend of ingredients to treat my exact concerns. Now, the quiz is super interesting. There's questions on there you would never expect, like, does your hair hang on to the smell of food or smoke? or how much skin shows in the part of your hair. I have no idea what it all means, but it's all part of their process. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash G-I-U-F-L. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash G-I-U-F-L for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Now, dumb lies we tell. segment on this show, a segment that's everyone's favorite. It's called Dumb Lies We Tell. And listeners will send me dumb lies about things, that, lies that they've told, lies that they've heard, lies that they've been a part of. So this one made me laugh. This says, my dumb lie. I was driving to a meeting with a client, a car dealership, circa 2002. You know, way back before GPS. I'd been there before, but just blanked on how to get there this time. So I called the dealership to ask for directions, assuming a receptionist would answer and I could ask anonymously since I was embarrassed to have to ask at all. Instead, a salesman answered and, after giving me directions, proceeded to ask me a bunch of questions about what type of car I was looking for. So I told him a few details. <laughs> Said I'd really probably need to talk to my husband first. I didn't need a car and I wasn't even married at the time. Then I tried telling him cell service was breaking up, but he really wanted to know my name. I panicked and said, Janet, not my name. He said, I look forward to meeting you, Janet. I hung up, but then saw him as soon as I got to the dealership. He didn't know it was me, but I felt bad that he would be waiting for Janet and she just never showed up. I love this so much. Uh, things I love about this. I love that it was like, uh, I'm looking for directions and then I can't just get off the phone. I love that then it's, I, I guess I have to play along. And, and I would have loved to know, like, what were the details of the car she's looking for? <laughs> like, what did she improvise in the moment? Like, I'm just looking for something that's good. I mean, fuel economy is important yeah. to me. <laughs> I relate to this so hard. Right? Like, it's right. And I know you do, too, probably. Because oh, yeah. we're just, we don't want to hurt feelings. And we just, what's the easiest way to sort of get out of this? And he really yeah. wants to sell you a car, so... Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I also love the specific of like, I really should probably talk to my husband first. Not married. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I guess when you're going down that road, it's like this. I mean, Janet, quote unquote, <laughs> could have, there could be lots of things that Janet has that she doesn't. Oh, oh it just made me laugh so hard. <laughs> but one of my favorite things about doing this segment and the things people write in, again, it's dumb lies. It's lies that don't hurt anybody. It's lies that aren't, you know, cloaked in malice yeah. it's lies that just are either trying to save someone's feelings or trying to you know make a better impression or whatever it's the lies that that are completely unnecessary and meaningless <laughs> it, it's such a funny part of human nature to me you know and i've heard i've read about like people who, who like amy schumer was talking about her husband and how she would say something and she'd kind of like embellish the story and he'd be like that's not what happened that's not what happened that's not what it is so i just find it interesting that there is you know there is this part of the human experience, which is 
A, I have to lie to protect somebody. B, I have to lie to make it a better story. Like, what? <laughs> why? Why did brains develop that way? I mean, come on. Like, if you would ask me, like, do you lie? I would be like, oh, no, I don't. Because I really, my first thought is no. But if you're talking about that, yes. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> constantly to be polite or to, you know, yep. just be kind or just to just so that I don't have to deal. Like, I, yeah, yes. All totally. the time. And I, I hate lying. I'm, I always say I'm a terrible liar, but I, I do find myself in positions where I'll say something completely asinine. And then I'm like, that wasn't true. Why did I do that? And again, it's always stuff that doesn't matter. Like there's never any sort of like repercussions, but that's. You walk away and you're like, what? what? There was no need. There was no need. No need. Don't no tell need. me in that moment though. Cause I just did it. But yeah. I do it. I found that I do it. I don't take a lot of Ubers or Lyfts. But when I do, like if, I, if my friends go in the lift and like they want silence, they don't want to engage and I feel bad. So when I get in the car, I, I at least have to acknowledge the person. Sure. And so I always do like a, how's your day going? Because if they'll either ask me or I'll ask them, you know, and if a friend would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> just look at your phone and just, but I do it. And then I found that whatever they're going to say, no matter how crazy, no matter how much I disagree on the car ride, I am a hundred percent behind them. I'll try to think of facts to support it, but why? I'm, I'm basically captive in your car, sir, totally. for this time. And I just want to make this pleasant and then I'll get there. So like one time I took a, a lift and uh, asked, how's your day going? Well, not well. It wasn't, oh, it, it no. wasn't a good day. Um, <laughs> his kids need a new doctor because this particular gentleman and his family don't believe in vaccinations and was felt very strongly about it, had had a bad day already about it, was just dealing with it. And I got on board. I, I listen, if there's a vaccination for COVID-19, I'm taking it. Sure. So I believe in vaccine. Not in that ride. On that ride, whatever he said, I just backed it up, you know, and he was like, yeah, I mean, we take care of our kids, so we don't need vaccination. And then I say, yeah, because is it essentially like they're putting the actual, a little bit of the virus in? Because that could make you sick. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Why? Why would I do that? But I just kept going. Like, yeah. Oh, they know better than you. You know your own kid. He's like, yes, that's right. Like, and I did it for like 20 minutes and I do it every time I go into a car, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what like mania is going on. I'm like, mm-hmm, I hear you. I hear uh, you and I believe you. Yeah. You know what? There isn't any proof that every public official isn't a giant lizard person. You're right. There is no proof, driver. You're right. Who knows? If they're shapeshifters, there's no way we would know. You're right. I, I would, I would 100% do that. Like, I, it wouldn't matter. I, I would just find a, find a way or find something that made sense. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Or, or maybe like they sort of illuminated some things to me. I'm like, you know what? I hadn't thought about that, man. You are right. There are lizard people. I mean, come to think of it, my neighbor, you know, like I just would go, just drop me off. I just want to get to my destination. And I get out of the car and I'm like, why did you do that? Like, what? serves no purpose well, it's like so much emotional labor for you you know it's like so much right like just pushing and trying and 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 sh pushing down your actual beliefs or feelings just in favor but listen i get it i'm the same i'm like whatever we got to do to get to a to b 
in in a you know normal kind not scary way i'm here for you know i mean i think the the time that i can remember the big one of the biggest lies i ever told an uber driver was i was trying to get to the airport and this gal picked me up and she was like i gotta stop and get gas I'm almost out of gas. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really in a rush to get to the airport, which was true. I was running behind, but I was like, okay. And so she stops at a gas station and she pumps, I don't know how much. And then she goes in and I guess her credit card wasn't working. And so she comes back and she's like, my credit card wasn't working, uh, but he gave me, uh, he let me take the gas for free. And I was like, okay. But at this point it's taken like this interaction between her and this guy took like 10 minutes. And I'm like, we got to go. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I just, I really like, I am running behind and we're trying to get, you know, from the Valley to LAX, which for anyone who lives here knows that's a bit of a trek. Yep. So she's like, no problem. I'll get you there. We got on the freeway and I know people are going to say, Lauren, that's impossible. She was not driving that fast. This woman was driving 96 miles per hour on the 405. I'm not kidding you. I started texting my roommate at the time saying, I might die. Tell my mother I love her. Like, like I'm not kidding. Like, it was literally like, this is... I, and why, some would say, why not text your mother that directly? I guess I didn't want to panic her. I don't know. I can't answer that. That's on me. But in this moment, as she's driving like a... I've never driven this fast in my life. Again, this is miles per hour for the Canadians listening, not kilometers. This is insanely fast. <laughs> As she's going and I'm like hanging on for dear life, she starts telling me that she's going to do in vitro, that she wants to be a mom, a single mom, and that she's going to do in vitro. And she's like, I already have my, my baby's name picked. Do you want to know what it is? And I said, sure. And she goes, Embry, which is short for embryo. And then she's like, do you think it's a good name? And in my mind, I was like, no, it's a terrible name. It's a terrible name. It's a terrible thing to name it out. Who are you? Who are you, crazy woman? It's awful. And I was like, that's a beautiful name and such a beautiful story. <laughs> Not a beautiful story. It's the rantings of a mad woman. The only Embry we need is Ethan Embry, who is a gift to us all. Who's a gem on the screen. Agreed. But yeah, yeah. So to your to your point, I can definitely relate to this. And that was that was purely about survival at that point. I was just, <laughs> anything she would have said, anything she would have said, now's not the time for me to try and change her mind. Not. She's driving 96 miles per hour. If she does like the tiniest shift with that wheel, we're we're yeah. dead. So I whatever you happy, like, lady. Happy, focused. Are you gonna vaccinate the baby? No, great. Oh. Do you think that, you know, whatever, big pharma's run by lizard people? Awesome. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's God. such an interesting thing, though, because uh, I think also, like, I know cabs have often existed, but cab is a different thing. Like, if a cab driver, some of them are chatty, you know, back in the day, but lots of cab drivers didn't really, it's like, they just drive. They don't really care. But with Uber and Lyft, these are everyday people. So there You're is right. this, like, new kind of level of conversing that I feel like doesn't hasn't existed before. Yeah. I mean, they used to have like the plexiglass, yeah, it's great like point. A, you know, so there was a, a divider. So you kind of knew like, okay, you stay He's, up there. Right. I'm back here. A little put my money in yeah. the little spot. We don't, we don't yeah. actually connect. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, now it's, you are now in their personal car. You're a guest in their space. Yeah. yeah I hear you. And listen, you don't want to be rude to somebody in their own home. Why would you be rude <laughs> to somebody in their own car? Hawaiians and Canadians. We would never. Never, never, that. never. <laughs> very, very close. All right. It is time for another fabulous segment. All the segments are fabulous on this show. And this mm -hmm. is, of course, Never Let Go. <laughs> it's about grudges. Are you a grudge holder? I'm not. I, I oh. don't think I But I feel like I'm going to say I'm not and then I'm going to go into a story about a grudge. Like, <laughs> really? 
really? This is like okay. the lying thing okay. all over again. <laughs> um, but I, I don't, I, I think I try to let things go. Yeah. But when I was thinking about things that I still remember, you know, if it's not a grudge, it's certainly something that's etched. Another thing sure. that's etched. Um, I have a, my, one of my best friends uh, is married to a chef. And so he has to do dinners and events all the time. And so she will go to support, but she's by herself because he's working it. So I used to be the person that would go with her a lot, right? which is fine. Like I, I, I'll, I'll go to a, a dinner here and there. Sure. I, I'm someone that likes information. I feel like you know this about me. Yep. Like I like to know when, where, what is it? Is it fancy? Like it, it helps me because I, I might have a little bit of social anxiety. So having the information makes it more comfortable for me to go. So we're going to this dinner. I, I keep texting her like, what time this? So I get pieces of information. So uh, the day comes and I, I also ask her, what is this, what is this dinner? Like, but I get all the other, I get what time, meet sure. me here. It's, you know, not fancy, whatever. I get all this other, but I never really get what it is. But we go to these things all the time and I'm like, oh, whatever, it's fine. The day comes, I go meet her. We start going together in her car to this event and we're trapped in the car. And I'm like, what is this dinner we're going to? And she like kind of mumbles like, <clears throat> so, and I was like, I'm sorry, what was that? She says, it's a 10-course foie gras dinner. Now, the backstory is, is that I'm someone that will try anything. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm open to eating. I have had it at these dinners. I do not care for it. I don't like it. And at some point, I was like, I never need to eat that again. Oh, yeah. Ever. Like it, and listen, people love it. It's a delicacy. It's also very controversial. Yeah. Uh, how they get it. But she knows that, like, I hate this. Like, it's one of the things I don't eat. And then, so I, of course, lose it in the car. Like, are you kidding me? And she was like, I thought I told you. I'm like, no, you didn't. You're a liar. (laughs) We are on our way to this dinner. And you didn't tell me on purpose. And we have to go to this thing. We go to this dinner. And it's a lot of, I thought, you know, because sometimes they're communal tables and there was a lot of small tables. And I was like, great, fine. We have to, you know, we're, we're already here. I was like, we got to do this thing. They put us with two other people at a table, like, so strangers, lovely, lovely couple. So we sit there and I mean, the layers of performance that night, Lauren, because <laughs> I had to pretend, I had to pretend one to eat like a child <laughs> that didn't want to eat their dinner, like a child that, that didn't grow up in my house, apparently, because sure. my mom would never. Sure. Like cutting it into little pieces and, and moving it around and, and eating the sides. And also the, these people were loving it. They made reservations. They paid for this dinner. They were here to like throw down. They would clean their plates. And so <sighs> I had to sort of, it was so close. It was a tiny table. I had to also sell like, oh, hmm, that is, that is good. <laughs> That is yummy. Wow. Interesting how they made that one. And, you know, it would come and I, it was 10 courses. So I was sweating. I was sweating, trying to pretend like, uh, like I was enjoying it. Meanwhile, I'm starving, (laughs) but I'm like, but I had to pretend I was full because they could see my plate and they were like, Oh, you didn't, you didn't finish that. I'm like, I am. I didn't plan right. I'm so full right now. I shouldn't have eaten today. It's so rich. It's so rich. <laughs> like there's all these things. And, and you know, a dinner, a 10 course dinner is hours. It's just oh, hours. Yeah. And I kept coming. And, you know, I also had to pretend like I wasn't going to murder my friend on yeah. the way home. Because you know me, I don't break character. <laughs> I don't do it. 
I didn't, even when they looked out their place, I didn't give her a stink eye. Nope. I didn't give her a kick, nope. nothing. Cause I was in it to win it. I was like, I'm here. I need to get through this dinner. Yep. And this friend, I actually asked her, I was like, Hey, is it okay if I tell this a story? I just said a story about one of our dinners. She was like, sure. Foie gras. <laughs> She knows. She oh, knows. that's amazing. Well, <laughs> listen, her. This would be her dumb lie. Well, I didn't. I didn't tell her that it was a four, a ten course foie gras tasting menu. Oh God. Oh wow. That's my living nightmare. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm personally not a foie gras fan either for multitudes of reasons. The, obviously the, the animal stuff is tough for me, and and then also I, you know, I, I had had it before I knew how it was made. And I didn't like it to begin with. So it's for me, it's not a thing. I can't imagine 10 courses of it. Oh, God. And were they getting I, fancy, too? Was yeah, it like, so, oh. Yeah. And so, like, when it would come, because it was, you know, it's 10 different chefs doing it. Right. So they had to be creative on the form. So it would come to the table. And I was like, which is, is it, is it in the ball? <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it in the salad? Like, I didn't know where they had put it and I was freaking out and then at some point you lose track of what course it is so literally I was like is this like six six or is this seven okay so we got like three more after this I mean I don't know how I got through that evening oh no that's yeah that's a is this is it foam is this foie gras foam on here oh it's essence there's an essence of foie gras. This is no, that's my living hell. That is a nightmare and a half. And listen, I'm I'm so like I'll go to those fancy dinners, great. But I'm also someone who it's like if I don't understand what the form of something is on the plate, I'm like, guys, come on, come on, just just show me what the food is, please, yeah. please. That's fine. Oh my god, that is hysterical. And the idea of having to commit so hard to not only enjoying it. But also making sure your object work was done right, oh. so you've moved it in a in a believable fashion. Also, then having to commit to being full. So many layers. Training. So many layers. The to training all of this. kicks in. The training does kick in. I feel, and I've told people this before. Like the real acting always happens outside of the set. Like that's oh, yeah. when you're real. Yeah, that's oh, easy. Yeah. What we do, but yeah. <laughs> Listen, I could I could literally talk to you forever. This conversation has flown. I am so thankful and appreciative that you took the time to come on the show. Thank you. Oh, such a delight. Can you tell the listeners where you are on social media in case they want to give you a little click, give you a little follow? Well, being me, like I'm not on social media very much. Of course. But um, I'm on the Instagrams. Yep. Uh, That's the most important at, one, I think. Is it? Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, it's at Kaliks with three E's and an X. Yep. And I'm on Twitter at Kaliko underscore K, I believe. Again, I do, I do some liking. I, I mostly read on Twitter. So yeah. don't expect, don't expect some hits on there. Yeah. Listen, it's all a delight. Thank you so much. This has Thank been you. so fun. It's so good to see you and talk to you. I know you too. I miss this. I miss this real life time at work. So hopefully we yeah. can get back sooner than later. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. You give okay. that you give that big dog of yours a big old kiss from me. I will. I will. All you right. give your puppies and your cat a little hello. I will for sure. Thank okay. you. All right. Bye. Bye. 
All right, everybody, it's time for Last Thing I'll Say, the final segment on Giving It Up for Less, a segment about the Black Lives Matter movement. This week, I had an interesting thought. I found myself seeing a lot of posts about Elijah McClain. Now, I don't know if you know the story. If you're not familiar, he was a 23-year-old young man who was killed by police in August of 2019. There have been no arrests in regards to his killing, and I believe the body cam footage from the police just came out now, so it's been wildly delayed. But a lot of people were posting about Elijah because he was a very, very sweet individual. He used to play his violin for kittens in animal shelters. He was a vegetarian. He was he was anemic, so he often wore a face mask when he went outside. And as I was seeing these details, I became so overwhelmed because I knew it was going to upset me. And I turned away. I, I didn't read. I didn't click on any of the the links I was seeing shared. And I had a moment where I realized, hold on a second. It's an extremely privileged position to be able to turn away from injustice. I'm obviously a, a white woman who has an extreme amount of privilege. And that is something that I can do. But I realized I really have a bigger obligation. And so my challenge to all of you this week is if there's something that you're reading about this movement, if there's a story that you're hearing that becomes too overwhelming and too uncomfortable for you, I would challenge you. Obviously, there's no shame in taking a break. There's a lot of overwhelming things going on right now. But go back to it. I realized it made me think about the fact that as humans, we have this want to be present for one another, to bear witness to one another. Weddings, funerals, there is an importance in, in the way that humans work in bearing witness to moments that are important. And it made me realize that if there's nothing else I can do, I can honor this person and their life by bearing witness to their story, by reading about who they were. And also what ended up happening when I went back to getting into learning about Elijah was it, it invoked complete rage in me hearing his story. It is truly awful. And I would encourage you to please read up about him and what happened and go to the bio on the Giving It Up For Less Instagram account. It's G-I-U-F-L pod on Instagram. And in the bio, I am going to put a petition that you can sign to help get justice for Elijah McClain, because again, his story is truly horrific. All of the stories are horrific, but this is the one I'm focusing on today. Just a reminder, as of this recording, Breonna Taylor's killers still have not been arrested or charged, so we also cannot forget to keep her name out there and keep that story alive as well. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. 